The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Can you hear me? Yes. Great. That was a lot of fun for me to hear. It sounded like a party in here. <laughs> so does um, anyone have any traits or behaviors they want to share with the group? Any chance? Okay, I'll wait for the mic, please. Thanks. Uh, one thing we were talking about is just that we're very grateful when people give us the gift of, of presence. When we're, when we're speaking with them, whether it's stranger or someone we're close to, and they're just really there with us in that moment and actually legitimately caring about us. Um, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. Anyone else? I really didn't want to say anything, but nobody else put their hand up. So um, <laughs> I was just sharing that I have a 14-year-old. I have three girls, and I have a 14-year-old daughter, and I think she was born wise. And, you know, I have good kids and kids who are not always the best behaved. And so um, I've just been talking. I was talking to her tonight about our dog who is has got, we found out today or yesterday, that has terminal cancer mm-hmm. and so is not going to be with us much longer. And she's the only one I've told because the other girls are having ex- end, of, end of year exams. And she, and she said, Mom, you know, the way I look at it is that we gave our dog a great life because she was a rescue dog. And so I've already sort of come to terms with that. So I, I feel that she's, she was born wise, and I get a lot from her. She, te- she teaches me a lot. Wonderful. Thank you. Anybody else? I guess I must have been imagining that you were all talking to each other so much. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll move on. I won't torture you with talking to the whole group unless you want to. But um, we do do a little bit of these little group discussions each night. Um, and anyone who wants to share with the group is welcome to. Okay. So... Um, Forest spirits. Oh, yeah, maybe that's it. (laughs) So appreciation and gratitude, as I mentioned before, are really underlying parts of loving-kindness practice. And um, 
They are good examples of the first principle of three principles of this practice, which is that the benefits always touch us first. No matter who you're experiencing appreciation or gratitude towards, that gratitude, that appreciation is happening in your heart, in your mind, in your body. So it might feel like a gift to them, and it might actually be one, but it's also something that's really beautiful that's happening here, in this seat. The second principle to keep in mind as we move forward is please start where it's easiest. And by that I mean with whom it is easiest. So um, love and kindness practice is often taught with different categories of people or beings that we focus on to cultivate these feelings. They can be classically the self, a benefactor or a teacher, a dear friend, a neutral person, a difficult person, and finally the non-category of all beings, everyone, everywhere. They had the self first in ancient India because self was considered to be the easiest. That's not true in today's society, unfortunately, for many of us. So um, I'm suggesting that we start this week with the benefactor, and I'll talk more about who that is in just a minute. Um, But if a benefactor, someone who's done you a good turn or really taken care of you, shown up for you in some way, does not easily come to mind, do not fear Two of my teachers have gotten quite creative with this. Ajahn Suchito, a very well-respected Thai forest monk, suggests starting with puppies or kittens. Okay? So they are not (laughs) off-limits. And um, Bhikkhu Analio, a very um, wonderful scholar monk and Dharma teacher, Also, um, despite the fact that he speaks and translates something like seven languages, likes to start with a particularly cute Sri Lankan squirrel. Okay? So I'm inviting you to use what naturally draws you, what naturally lights you up and brings a smile to your heart. No matter what I'm saying, feel free to get inventive. Okay? That principle also applies if you get stuck in meditating. It's okay to return to where it's easiest. One of my teachers said, this is a lot like if you're flying a plane and you start to lose momentum, you just go back down on the runway, and then you get momentum again, and then you take off again. So if you start to lose momentum with any one practice, fall back to something that works for you. There's no shame in that at all. It's all about the creativity and the experimentation, right? The third principle is just that. Make this your own. Play with it. Make things up as you go along. It's okay to change it up. And if you don't want to do that, it's okay to just follow exactly what I give you. There's no wrong answer in the way you approach this practice. Hmm. 
So, we call to mind maybe a benefactor. And by benefactor, I mean, so I was saying someone who's been good for you in your life, person, animal, can even be a figure like the Dalai Lama. It does not need to be someone that you know personally. Some benefactors I've used are my um, childhood camp counselor from when I was nine years old with whom I had a really good relationship. She's often one of my benefactors, even though I haven't seen her in decades. I have no idea where she is. So that's another thing, is simple. Not somebody that you have a complicated relationship with, preferably. But that it's kind of simple to have good feelings towards. And once you do that, I'm just going to talk us through it, and then I'm going to have you close your eyes, and we'll actually do a guided meditation. But there's... um, four pieces. There are phrases um, in addition to calling someone to mind, so that's the second piece. And the classical phrases are, may you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you be peaceful. May you be free. So you hear the may you. That's a wish. It's not asking for permission. It's not an aspiration. It's not a prayer or a mantra, though it can seem like those things sometimes. But it's a wish. The third piece is taking those intentions and phrases and aiming them at the recipient whoever that is. And then the fourth piece is noticing the results in your body and your mind and heart. Taking time to savor them. Or, if they're difficult, to acknowledge them and be with them. Okay. I... So the question was, this benefactor cannot be deceased? So basically, the way that works is if you are trying to cultivate concentration to absorption, the benefactor should not be deceased. In any other case, which for practical purposes is in daily life, it doesn't matter, as long as you are comfortable with that. Um, which includes, for many of us then, we have the category of grandparents available, which can be helpful, right? So if you were on a metta retreat trying to cultivate hardcore concentration, maybe not. But sitting here or at home, I think it's fine. Any other questions right now? As I've talked through the basics. Okay, so are you ready to try it? Great. Get comfortable, but alert. Um, and close your eyes, please. And take a couple of deep, slow breaths in. 
exhaling fully and completely. If there's any tension in your body, it can be helpful to exhale through pursed lips, like you're holding a straw. That invites a relaxation response. Breathing in through the nose, pushing all the breath out one more time. for letting go of any control of the breath at all. Just let it be natural. On each in-breath, cultivate a sense of appreciation for the life it gives. Each out-breath, let it be an offer of goodwill. Following the breath, Draw it through your whole body. Notice the surface of your body, your skin. Be aware of it like a sheet of protection enclosing your person. sensing into the vitality and life throughout this body, the integrity throughout this body. Sensing into the space just around your skin, Imagining it as a soft, warm blanket around you. Field of your life energy. Present. With each out-breath, let the breath radiate through the whole body even through the skin and clothes. Extending your field as an offering, an offering of your presence, aliveness, goodwill. Appreciating the life's breath. Call to mind this benefactor. 
this person or being who has benefited you in some way. Take just a moment to recall or list some qualities you're grateful for in them. Perhaps there was a time they offered kind, accepting attention, care or support, or simply inspiration. Letting go of this list. (coughs) Firmly get a sense of them or an image of them in your mind. It can be helpful sometimes to imagine them sitting across from you or next to you. Or you can... Imagine them wherever they might be now. With each inhale, noticing the qualities of this person. With each exhale, offering wishes of goodwill to them. Then staying connected to this rhythm, focus your intentions of loving kindness with language. In time with the outbreath, if that works for you, try some simple phrases. I'll give examples. You can use or you can make up your own after I finish talking. May you be happy. May you be well as much as possible. May you be safe from inner and outer harm. May you know ease and joy.
we're repeating these phrases. It's also okay to shorten them. Be happy. Be healthy. Be safe. Be free. If you find yourself distracted, there's no need to judge. Just acknowledge whatever happens, let go, and gently return to cultivating wishes of love and kindness.
every now and then settle back and allow whatever is present just to be and then pick up the phrases again
letting go of this person turn the attention to the experience of this moment possible with the same gentle, kind intention you are projecting outwards. What's this moment like? Offer some appreciation and kindness to the person in your seat. So, one way to consider beautiful qualities of the heart, like love and kindness, is as potentialities that exist in all of us, like seeds in the earth. We water the seeds of our intentions with this practice. Our careful awareness and persistence will gradually create the positive conditions just like the sun and rain for the results of these seeds to grow and flourish. Don't be surprised if it might be a little bit dry some of the time for a while, maybe all of the time for a while. And don't be surprised if it isn't. You just never know, and one sit doesn't predict the next at all. Another thing some people notice is as the rain starts to soften that crust around the heart, the rain of this practice, that sometimes the first thing that comes up is gunk and mud, yucky stuff. That's fine too, it's working. Something that the Buddha said to a group of practitioners who were feeling a little bit um, trepidation or fear around continuing with this practice was that cultivating metta for the length of time it takes to snap your finger is enough to breathe easily and to feel worthy of any of the bounty that their benefactors were giving them. That's all it takes, that much. 
and then it can happen again. So breathe easy with it. So now that you've had a little bit of a taste of loving-kindness practice, I wonder if anybody has questions or complaints or comments about what they experienced. No? Okay. Yes. One moment. And please, um, from now on, say your name first so we start to get to know each other. Hi, I'm Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Um, So just a couple of observations. Um, One, I was definitely more concentrated than I've been in quite a while. Um, Mm -hmm. I felt like I kind of lost that for a little while. And and sort of tonight, it it definitely came back. Um, I... The other part, there's kind of those three parts. One is the, the imagery kind of kept coming and going. Like I kind of lost that at points and then mm-hmm. I had to kind of almost bring it back. Um, and then the third part was physically, I, I, I was having sort of sensations in my body that I haven't had before. Um, mm-hmm. So particularly around my lips, um, some pains in my legs that, again, I wouldn't ordinarily have. Um, mm-hmm. So unexplained, but they were definitely there. So... Um, It was just what it was like for me. Thank you. Is there anything you want me to respond to in what you said? um, Um, If you you wish. Just to say that concentration itself can um, have interesting physical side effects sometimes. So don't be surprised if interesting physical side effects happen. Um, Don't cling to them. (laughs) And, And try not to push them away. It is okay in metta meditation if the pain is distracting to move. That's unlike in mindfulness, often the instruction is to notice it. In um, metta, if it's pulling your attention away from developing the intention of metta, shift around, it's all right. Straighten your legs even, if you like. Anybody else? Hi, I'm Sandy. Hi, Sandy. Um, I've done a little bit of loving kindness before, and it previously was not so successful because I sort of had an energy as if I was conjuring, (laughs) (laughs) as if I had the power (laughs) to wish this uh, loving kindness. And uh, this uh, tonight was, I felt um, calmer. Uh, as if I wasn't conjuring. I guess I have a question. I'm not really sure of the word intention and how that plays into this. I, I, I think I was getting there tonight, but I'd love to hear some more words around that to help me make sense of it. Great. Thank you for the question. So when I'm using the word intention tonight, I'm using it in kind of a general English language sense of motivation or whatever our underlying kind of um, hope, attitude, or um, aspiration might be. Sometimes when Vipassana teachers talk about intention, they're talking about something much more subtle, the momentary arising of a mind moment intention. That can happen in this practice too, but it's actually not what I was referring to. So, does that help at all? Yeah. 
So it's an aspiration practice, and to be comfortable with having um, the aspiration to wish yourself and others well, and even just tuning into that wish. If the feelings feel really far away, the wish itself is powerful on its own. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. Hi. Hi. I I just had sort of a basic question. it, you know, I I visualized someone, but I wasn't sure if I was supposed to interact with that someone or if it was just supposed to be an image of that someone. That was that's sort of question number one. And number two, you know, when you repeat those phrases, it's it's almost sort of like chanting in your mind, which seemed very, you know, sort of artificial. And um, I don't know. And I wasn't sure if I was getting it. And thank you for both of those questions. They're good questions. So the first piece about visualizing, first of all, not everybody can visualize. So if you're not visualizing, that's fine too. A sense of a person is enough. Um, some people find it really helpful to imagine the person smiling or responding to them in some way. If that naturally comes up for you, Great. Don't try to force the image into a certain thing, you know. Um, The only tricky part can happen is if you start imagining a response and then five minutes later you realize you've been in a conversation the whole time. (laughs) So then just bring yourself back to, to the intentions. That's very common because this is a more verbal practice, as you were noticing in the second question, that it can be easy to get spun out into thinking, verbal thinking. If that's happening for you, what I find helpful with it is to pause between the phrases and let the feeling reverberate for a while. Instead of, some people actually like the feeling of the phrases kind of getting momentum, a chanting momentum. If that's bothersome, just stop and kind of imagine dropping the phrase into a really deep well and then letting the echo and the reverberation kind of come back of the feeling and tap into that for a while before going on to the next phrase. When my concentration starts to build, I usually get the shorter and shorter and shorter phrases, even one word, and then eventually dispense with the phrases altogether. So you may find that true for you as well. Different people respond to this practice in different ways. So, Is that helpful for you? If you find that the um, intention or the feeling of metta is building, sometimes people will find the words distracting at that point, and they'll just stop using the words entirely for a little while until the momentum slows down again and then pick it up. So at a certain point, for some people, the words can slow you down. Then the trick is to experiment for yourself and find where that happy medium is. Some people use the phrases all the way through, and others drop them fairly early. So there's no one right way. Thank you. We have time for, we've got three, one, two, three. Okay. Yes. Yeah, this, I don't know if it's a silly question, but I'll ask it anyway. Can you tell me your name first? It's Evan. 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 Thank you. Okay. So 
I've spent um, I spent a bunch of time on mindfulness meditation and breathing. And at the beginning of this exercise, you said just let your breath go naturally, <laughs> which threw me off completely. Um, and so what 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 I try to do and is stabilize everything around the breathing. And so not to try to control it, but to stabilize it. And so when I started saying things in my head, the, the affirmations or the, um, the loving kindness stuff, I didn't know if I was supposed to be saying them to the breath, but it was easier just to say them to each breath than it was to just sort of let them run through. Is there, is there a right way, to, wrong way to think about this? Or? It really depends on you. I find it easier to link it to the breath, to offer the loving kindness on the out breath, right. and then notice what's happening on the in-breath. Um, if you've had more yogic or mindfulness training, it might well be easier for you to do that. Other people, it confuses people, some people to link them, so they don't. So there isn't one right way. The right way is the way that you find most natural for you with that. And then as a follow-on to that, what I found is after a while I was fatiguing myself with the, with, with the affirmations. And so... I just went back to the breath for a while before I came back to the affirmations. It felt like that was a respite from, I was just wearing myself out a little bit almost. I don't know if that makes any sense. It was just an observation for me. So the artificiality or the wearingness, um, these are two very common complaints people have about this practice. One thing that can be helpful is not to consider the phrases affirmations. They're just wishes. You're not making yourself feel anything. Please don't try to force an emotion in this practice. So that's the first thing. And then if the phrases start to feel clunky, it's okay to pare them down to one word or to take a break for a while. And you can either switch to Vipassana, notice what's happening, or continue to send the intention wordlessly energetically. When I teach a longer version of this course, the first week is actually all on the energetics. We don't get into the language for a couple of weeks, but we don't have time this time, so we're jumping right in. (laughs) I hope that was helpful. This lady here was next. My name is Sylvie. Hi, Sylvie. Hi. Um, and um, a couple of things, one about you know, the person and one about the words. So um, I've done loving-kindness meditation before, and I mm-hmm. always picked a benefactor that was someone that I know well and mm-hmm. I like a lot. Uh, but then when you gave the example of uh, your former counselor, um, it gave me an idea of, you know, someone popped in my mind that I do not know well, but has done good in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was doing this, at first it was actually difficult because I felt why am I, like I expected to be saying those phrases for someone I know well, like it just felt strange. And I know that, you know, later in the loving kindness meditation, we do it for strangers and things like this, mm-hmm. but kind of, you know, the kind of starting with someone I know well and then kind of feeling, oh, I'm wishing those things. And it felt a little weird. 
But then something happened that it just kind of let it go and kind of felt, well, it doesn't matter if I don't know that person. I like the person. I remember what she did for me. And I kind of persisted in this. And, and then it just flowed. Mm-hmm. And um, okay. I felt it was a very interesting experience to um, kind of not expect, you know, when you explain the benefactor doesn't have to be someone that you really know well. Yeah. Um, the second part is about the phrases. So I, I struggled bef- when, you, when I started because you said the sentences and... And then you kind of went away. <laughs> and I was like, is she going to say them again? Because I forgot <laughs> them. Uh, and I was waiting for you to kind of come back. And, um, you know, I guess I have a loving kindness tape and it just says it all the time. So, or CD. Um, and so I felt a little lost. Um, and, but it actually gave me the opportunity to then be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I let go of the fact that I wasn't saying exactly the same thing you said. I couldn't remember, neither in the order nor the words. Um, mm-hmm. But I came, came with something that, you know, has a kind of a, a musical rhythm to it because of the breath and the words. And um, it, it was very... Um, freeing and nice, so I really enjoyed this, uh, this practice, which was very different from how I've been doing loving kindness. And you know, I want to thank you for kind of emphasis, you know, so since the beginning of the class, you kept talking about being creative, and, mm-hmm. and um, I think it kind of, somehow it just kind of sank, you know, so thank you. Thank you very much. We have one more, yeah. Hi, my name is Diane. Hi, Diane. When I started um, picturing this person sitting in front of me and and I was wishing them well and may you be happy and peaceful and everything, another person that both of us know kind of like, well, what about me? You know, it was like, <laughs> and so I was like switching back and forth between the two of them, and they were kind of like enjoying it. They know each other, you know. It's kind of like, um, so we doubled down on it, and that was kind of interesting. And uh, and then, like, the words failed me after a while. I thought I don't really remember exactly what words I'm supposed to be using, but. Whatever I'm doing, it's probably okay. And then, and then it, it was just like it, there was a melting into just kind of a peaceful, just the three of us kind of hanging out together. Beautiful. I'm, I love hearing these different experiences. Thank you. And um, if it's confusing to switch between one or another, pick one. <coughs> If it feels like there's tension, it's also okay to just send it to both, just as you were doing. So great. Well, the fact that the fact that they know each other and have an amiable relationship made it easy. Great. So we're going to close. I'm going to ask before we do. There's a second piece of paper you guys picked up. 
on the way in. That's called Reflections on Benevolence. And if you didn't pick it up, you can grab one from the stage. Kate, can you grab me a copy as well, please? Oh, it's the other one. Um, There's another one. So we're just going to do this very brief chant, call and response. Um, It only takes about two minutes. And if I can bug Kate to hold the microphone out to the group, um, so it's not just my voice, that would be great. I'm going to call, I'm going to do one line and then just chant it back and we'll go through it that way. Other nights when we close, we'll do this. It takes a very brief amount of time, and we'll just do it in unison. So are you ready? May I abide in well-being. In freedom from affliction, in freedom from affliction, in freedom from hostility, in Freedom from ill will in freedom in freedom from anxiety in
Thank you very much for your presence here tonight. I really appreciate having all of you here and the conversation we had. Please consider meditating for 20 minutes a day if you're new to practice and either replacing your formal practice with this or starting the first third or half of the practice with it, depending on what works for you. I've also written down a little micro-practice on the handouts, which is to notice the benefactors all around you. Notice things people are doing that are kind for you. And if it feels natural, send them well wishes, either silently or, if it's appropriate, out loud. Thank you very much, and um, be delighted to see any and all of you next week. Good night.